Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. And thank you guys, as always, for joining in to have another chat here with me about all things that are uh, related to the market. We've got uh, some CPI revisions we're going to be looking at. We're going to be talking about CPI, the report that's coming out this week. We're going to be looking at some more earnings and some more uh, news headlines that have really come out in the market uh, over the past week that really are you know, kind of jarring the market and really trying to get a footing of what's going on out there. So we have sold off a little bit, and I really want to cover why that is, and uh, really where I think the market could go, and how we can protect ourselves and plan ahead for uh, pretty much whatever is thrown at us with this uh, CPI report this week, and uh, ultimately get a footing as to you know what we can do and really where to look for some different value out there. There are uh, a lot of names that are trading above where they historically should be, uh, in the S and P 500, but uh, that being said, you know that is a market or an index of 500 different names. So there are going to be names that are in that index in the S and P 500 that are well below where they should be trading. So I've got a couple of those for us today. We've got uh, the CPI talks. We've got Disney earnings. We've got PayPal earnings. Uh, we've got some different news out of Netflix. So there's a, a lot of different stuff to cover here. And uh, first off. Uh, well, I guess I did want to bring this up too. You know, I always say that I am not a financial advisor, right? Um, so I can't tell you guys whether to buy, sell, hold. Um, just trying to bring out some different things, some different news that I think is noteworthy that I'm listening to, that I'm seeing out there that uh, could potentially give you kind of an edge up against the against the market to really know what we're looking at, where to look, and uh, really kind of get your you, you know, your bearings about where I want to look and where I want to put my money. So while I might not be the, you know, most accredited investor, I think I've got a lot of different things to offer in the way of, you know, sh- sharing some different information. And uh, I think anyone that is out there listening has something that they could be sharing, uh, you know, your knowledge about anything as well. So if I think if you're a, you know, a seven or eight out of 10, you've got uh, 70 or 80% of the people that might not be as knowledgeable as you on any given topic. So that's where I really kind of come in. I want to share my knowledge and uh, really kind of do it without any strings attached, right? I'm not trying to sell a course. I'm not trying to, you know, get a nickel or dime out of you for, for you know, the information that I'm sharing here. If you want to contribute to the podcast or use my, my links in the description to do anything, I, I'd greatly appreciate that. But, uh, this is not the point of why I'm here. I really just am passionate about sharing my knowledge and trying to make sure that uh, you know your money's in a better spot, that you can withstand all this inflation that we've had over the past couple of years and uh, really get to that point of financial freedom in your own lives. So thanks for being here. Please feel free to subscribe and share. And that would be more than enough uh, you know, high five for me for, for sharing all my knowledge here. And uh, like I said, it's a, it's a starting block as to where to look and ultimately you know, take your journey to the next step. So with, uh, with that being said, uh, CPI, right? We had a CPI come out in January about December. And ultimately, uh, that came in at minus one-tenth of a percent. 
then, you know, fast forward 30 days and they revise all these different numbers. And that revision came in and said that, hey, by the way, we weren't negative 1% or 1.1%. We were actually positive a tenth of a percent. So inflation's actually creeping back up after they did the revisions and calculated all the numbers and had all that information. Now they're going to do that again in another 30 days and we'll see what that number ultimately says. But uh, we do have a CPI number coming out on Valentine's Day. So I will try to share that over at the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. So ultimately, we know what's going on in the market. And uh, you can definitely try to go over there, get uh, up-to-date information uh, a little bit quicker than what I can share on the podcast. And you know, when I'm making the podcast episode, it's pretty hard to get all that information that I hear all day back out to you guys uh, without missing something. So certainly, if I see something... Uh, I'll try to put it out there uh, so you guys can kind of get the the jump on what the market's going to be doing that day. So with that revision in the market, with saying that uh, inflation was actually positive for the month, we really kind of saw the market uh, trend down from there. And uh, when I'm looking over on E-Trade, when I'm looking at the market as a whole, and how can I get here? U.S. markets, that's what I'm looking at. The S&P actually did trade back down. We did trade down to a level of 4,090. And we went as low as 4,065, it looks like, on Friday. So we did uh, end the day in the positive by about 8.9 points. And uh, I'll definitely take that. I like to see that we're really fighting for that 4,100 level. I'd like to really see this one stabilize here. I think if the CPI uh, report on Tuesday does surprise, we might have a breakdown in these different numbers. Um, but you know, the Dow did close up about half a percent at thirty-three eight seventy, and uh, the Nasdaq was the laggard of the day, coming in uh, minus seventy-one points on Friday. Now, take that with a grain of salt. You know, the Nasdaq has had uh, just kind of remarkable performance over the past month. And uh, when I look at the one-month chart on the NASDAQ, we uh, we started, where did we start? Around 11,000, and we did break 12,000. We went to about 12,200, and we have retreated since, down about 500 points to 11.7. So uh, a lot of different people taking some cash off or, or some uh, positions off the table, going back to cash. And uh, I definitely think that makes sense in a lot of these volatile names. You know, we've had a pretty uh, remarkable run for companies like NVIDIA, companies like Tesla and Meta. Um, You know, maybe not so much in names like Apple. Uh, Google's had a little bit of a rough month dealing with some Microsoft problems. Microsoft uh, actually did pretty well here. And uh, ChatGPT is officially the fastest growing community uh, of any different uh, type of interface that's out there, you know, even from Twitter, Facebook, um, I I think a lot of other different historic uh, apps or, or, you know, websites have had rapid growth, but Microsoft's chat or chat GPT and Microsoft has definitely seen a a meteoric rise in that service. So uh, definitely good for Microsoft. And over the past month, uh, Microsoft was in the 230s. They went down to about uh, 231, it looks like. And we probably saw a high of about 267. So a nice run here for Microsoft over that one-month chart. And um, 
you know, we're still trading at a PE of about 29 times. The price to sales is high on Microsoft. It's historically high, but uh, it's definitely one that you want to be mindful of these numbers before really getting into this one. So I would probably let it cool. I think that's overall what the market's seeing. We're seeing the NASDAQ sell off. Uh, I think a lot of them have just gone up too rapidly for their own good. And, uh, you know, there might be some more upside left on this one. I'll take a look real quick as far as what analysts are saying over the next 12 months. And there is about 10.5% of upside for an average price target of $291 from 29 different analysts. So um, personally, uh, being that I already have a position in Microsoft, it's in the top 10 of my positions. I would let this one cool. Um, certainly let some of this chat GPT news settle and uh, really kind of see where things are going to, you know, kind of level out. And for that reason, I'm not looking to buy Microsoft at the moment. I don't think it's a screaming buy. I think it is a great long-term play. If you want to average in, certainly makes sense to me. But uh, I think the better value here would be in Google, right? We had uh, some noise with Google. Their apprentice barred AI counterpart to ChatGPT did have some hiccups on the first launch. It gave some wrong answers, and ultimately Google was punished for this. You know, like I like I said last time, Microsoft is really uh, you know shots fired at Google over the fact that they're going to start taking market share on the search side of things, and Google's advertising is down. But uh, I do think that they have a lot of great products. I think that they've got a lot of great resources. The uh, the search is still theirs, and uh, I think if they you know can really rapidly implement their new Apprentice Bard, their AI, and uh, really get their their maps back up and running to where they're you know the the leader of the pack. Not saying that they aren't, but uh, really have that competitive advantage over other mapping. And uh, you know you still got the, the the Gmail suite of all the different products there. Um, I think that Google, YouTube can really, you know, keep running up higher. And uh, there's about 32 analysts that agree with me here, about 37% of upside on Google right now. And uh, for me, uh, I like I said last time, I did go ahead and add here. Uh, actually, I added right above 100. But now that it is below 100 at 94.50, I'm looking to add some more. And uh, again, this is kind of reminiscent of the the Tesla, Elon noise of what's going on out there. I think this one is getting beat down on some some short-term news that ultimately, I don't think they're going to get caught sleeping on this one. I think that their AI is going to uh, you know, be a, a top competitor for ChatGPT. So I'm definitely looking at this one as a value play right now. A lot of the numbers for Google are way below where they should be. And uh, for that reason, I am looking to add. And, um, you know, yeah, we are, we're getting closer to that yearly low, uh, that was set back in November at $83. And like I said, we're at 94, we could drop back down into the eighties. That, that doesn't really scare me. I think in, in my position, that is a buying signal for me to go ahead and add here, unless something drastically changes. Uh, I still am bullish on Google for the long term, And, um, like I said, this one is just getting to that point where it is too cheap to ignore at least for me. So if you got something different, if you got uh, something else you're seeing about Google or any other stock, please share it over there on Let It Grow Investing. Ultimately, we will um, kind of compile all this news and really make heads or tails of what's going on out there. But uh, I did want to get over to Disney. Uh, I know I said that when we started this one. And uh, a lot of different Disney news here. Uh, they officially announced that they 
are firing 7,000 employees. They are also, or CEO Bob Iger said that he is asking the board to reinstate the dividend by the end of the year. A uh, quick reminder that they did halt the dividend in 2020 near the start of the pandemic. Uh, they did have a biannual uh, dividend payment, so they were paying twice a year. Was not a uh, you know an earth shaker of a dividend. I think it was one and a half percent, maybe even under one percent. I forget the exact numbers. It's been three years, but uh, ultimately they're going to be paying this dividend again. That is their that is their plan. So uh, we did see a run up in Disney stock after this announcement. Uh, again, cutting costs on the employee side and trying to reward the uh, shareholders, right? Might not be the best news for the employees, but uh, they're definitely looking to reward the shareholders. Uh, so their earnings were uh, released on the 8th as well. They had an EPS of 99 cents. They did beat expectations of 75 cents. Revenue came in at 23.5 billion, beating expectations of 23.4 billion. So in my mind, when you see a small revenue beat, um, you know, that's definitely a good sign. But the EPS came in almost uh, uh, to like 20% higher than where uh, we were expecting. So that means that uh, more money got to that bottom line. And uh, really, I think that shows that they are cutting costs in the right areas and uh, kind of doing more with less. Not saying $23.5 billion is less, but they, you know, they actually were able to make more than they what they anticipated on that $23.5 billion. So I think that is definitely a good sign of uh, some good management moves in order to make more money with uh, pretty much what they forecasted as revenue. So, um, and then on the the not so bright parts here, uh, they announced that Disney Plus subscribers was 161.8 million, below expectations of 164 million. So off by 2.2 million subscribers. They lost 2.4 million net subscribers on Disney Plus last quarter. Um, and they are officially no longer providing long-term subscriber forecasts and they're reiterating their target of achieving streaming profit by 2024. So hopefully uh, the amount of subscribers that they have, uh, they can go ahead and make enough money to finally achieve uh, that, that profit number that they're looking for by 24. They're also announced that they are bringing a new avatar experience to Disneyland. So we're going to be seeing some new attractions, bringing uh, hopefully a new uh, clientele or even getting some uh, previous customers back in the door to see some new exhibits or uh, attractions, I, I should say. Uh, Bob Iger also said that they are looking at uh, their pricing for Disney+. Plus. Uh, big surprise here. It looks like we're going to possibly get some price hikes incoming on Disney+. Plus. So they're trying to really squeeze out that value or squeeze out all the dollars they can out of the customers that they have. Hopefully, they uh, don't lose any more customers in the process of doing so. They've also got that ad-supported tier now, um, which you, know, you are going to get some different commercials on that tier. But uh, ultimately, it is a little bit cheaper, although you do get the commercials on that, uh, that level of that platform. Uh, they've also are saying that they want to be more selective about how they are spending money on content, including ESPN, Marvel, Star Wars, and more. And uh, they said that the company will not sell or spin off ESPN, which has been a long-term uh, struggle for the company. This was one of the things that really was not making them a ton of money, and they really need to find out how to monetize this one. And I think if they get uh, you know, ESPN onto Disney Plus with some more live uh, 
interactions there, I think that could be a great thing for the Disney company. Um, and I know that they also had uh, Hulu on the chopping block. They said all things are, uh, are on the table when it comes to Hulu. They're trying to figure out what to do with that and uh, ultimately where to go with it. So next up, and that was kind of a long-winded thing on Disney. But uh, overall, I am, I'm still bullish on Disney. I still think that we are at an attractive price point here. And uh, we're sitting at $108. I know I said next up, but I'm going to take a look at the analyst research here. And uh, where are we at? We've got about 19% of upside for an average price target from 21 analysts of about $128.78. So that's where uh, Disney's looking at right now and going forward. And I'm going to be looking at PayPal. Now, PayPal has really gotten crushed. I think we were above $300 uh, in the end of 21, I'm going to say it was. And now we're sitting at 80, right? We did hit a low of $66.39. And, um, you know, PayPal really has... Uh, Really, really kind of missed the, the mark here. And I think in a lot of ways, they got uh, punished for uh, uh, maybe a little bit unjustly, more so than what they should have been. Yes, the, the 300 level was trading way above. The price to sales was, was through the roof. There was a lot of things that didn't make sense. But that's really how the market was in 21. Things were getting treated like gold when they, they weren't even bronze, right? So PayPal might have been one of those. But uh, at the same time, now I think that PayPal is a just a sprung coil waiting to rebound. And in a lot of ways, this one has not really taken, you know, any part of this this tech rally over the past month or so. Uh, maybe we did hit sixty six dollars on the the twenty second of December, and we were up three percent on Friday, which was about two dollars and thirty eight cents. So it did come up about uh, twelve dollars or so in that month. But uh, overall, I think that uh, it still has been treated a little unjust out there for for a lot of different reasons. But you know, now we've got. Uh, we got a lot of different things as a backdrop right now where we thought we were going to have that 188,000 new jobs and we got over 500,000. So the consumer's looking stronger. We thought we had a negative inflation and people are still spending and we're getting that 0.1 inflation and uh, it looks like it, the consumer's still spending. So we got a stronger consumer and one that's spending more. And ultimately, I think that that could be a good backdrop for PayPal. The fact that it is just traded so low and sideways for, you know, the better part of a year at this point. Uh, when I'm looking, you know, the high was set last February at 125. And then since then, from like May till now, we've been in that 70 to $80 range. And I really don't know that this one is down and out the way that the, the market has really been treating it. So when I'm looking at this, I think with uh, this positive quarter, uh, they had a positive quarter report and uh, a decent outlook going forward. And the market actually did rebound this one after hours on Friday. So we had that 3% gain. And ultimately, I do think that this one could move higher on a lot of this different news. So uh, where are the numbers, right? That's where people want to be. This one is trading uh, below a lot of different values right now that uh, I, th I think are pretty important to note here. And uh, when I'm when I'm looking at uh, Reuters, and I just kind of got bumped off of my Reuters because I'm trying to sign into the phone while I'm also on the uh, the laptop here. Uh, so I got to go ahead and pull this back up. But 
And looking at it, a lot of the different numbers that they have are trading under their historical averages. And uh, for me, that uh, that definitely shows that uh, we, we've got some things that are a positive going forward. We've got uh, buy targets on this one from 43 different analysts for an average uh, price target of 31% higher uh, for a mean of $103. We've got uh, revenues for 24 going up uh, 20, call it 21%. We've got uh, price to sales, 59% discount to their five-year average. And remind you, I did say that, you know, the price to sales in 21 or end of 2020, 21, these were definitely high. They were definitely skewed, but we are at a 59% discount right now. We are at a 30% discount on that trailing PE right now. The forward PE is only a 17. That is, you know, 1.8 time or 1.8 points lower than the S&P 500 index. So it is trading lower than the S&P on that forward PE. It is a uh, 54% discount on the forward PE. We've got uh, the price to sales is way below that five-year average. Even back to 2018, it was trading at a six to seven times price to sales. And now we're half that. We've got uh, the peg ratio, and uh, that is at a 1.5. Their five-year average is a 1.9. So we're trading below that also. We're trading below the S&P 500 index average of a 2.0. So you're getting good value to growth on this one uh, for the price that you're looking to pay right now. There's a, a brighter forecast for them. You've got a stronger consumer. Um, and I think a lot of these things kind of correlate to where Visa and MasterCard are. Um, you know, that backdrop for those companies is still looking strong. And uh, I think that PayPal is kind of in the same boat of those fintechs, but has been punished a lot more for having uh, really that meteoric rise in 20 and 21 that, you know, maybe Visa had some of, maybe MasterCard had some of, but uh, PayPal was definitely more on that growth side of things. But then ultimately they traded off well below that. So now that we finally got some news that is saying that, um, you know, the quarter was good and outlook looks decent and the backdrop of being, uh, you know, having a bit of a stronger consumer than we thought, I think that this one could really rise uh, fairly rapidly. I think we might get out of this sideways pattern and really see some growth in this PayPal name. So I'm definitely looking at that. I definitely think that that could be a, a beneficial uh, trade point for them. I do think that for me, this could be one that I would look to add to sooner than later. And, um, you know, just a, a lot of these different things are saying that, um, you know, some of these fintechs, some of these growth names have been sold off, you know, well beyond where they should have. Yes, you know, money's expensive. Yes, there's a lot of different things that are out there that are uh, plaguing the really small companies. But uh, I don't think PayPal is really in that super small growth company. They are a bigger player in the space. And ultimately, I do think that they have a lot of room to run here. So, um, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Definitely do your own uh, due diligence and do your own homework on this one. But uh, I think that it could certainly move up nicely. So uh, the last one I wanted to cover was uh, Netflix, right? And uh, their password crackdown has definitely angered users. We've seen a lot of lash uh, or, or lash back at, at Netflix for saying that they are going to uh, be canceling or really locking down these this password sharing thing and that you've got to have that main device, whether it's a, 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 a cell phone or a laptop or an iPad, it has to touch the home uh, Wi-Fi every 30 days. A lot of people are saying that, 
you know, hey, look, I'm, I travel or I live, uh, I have a vacation home. I don't want to have to pay for my vacation home because I haven't been to my, my regular home address in 30 days. So that's not fair to me. So it looks like um, a lot of people are, uh, or Netflix is actually backing off. And uh, it says, and more than a few password borrowers are promising that they won't come back if they're kicked off. So it, it really looks like there's a push-pull between users and uh, Netflix on this one. It looks like Netflix might cave a little bit and try to figure out this one in, in a different way, at least here in the US. I'm not sure what it's looking like around the world. It, it really looks like US might be the safe haven for for Netflix users and uh, really that password sharing right now. But uh, I'm not sure what that's going to mean long term. So um, just wanted to kind of bring that up. I know we talked about this one probably about a month ago when they were talking about uh, raising um, you know, that uh, security to really prevent that uh, password sharing. So this one has traded down uh, about $15 down on Friday from, uh, what, around 362 down to about 347 And uh, yeah, definitely a, a rough five days for them. They did peak at the five-day chart at 377 And like I said, on, uh, on Friday, we closed $30 lower uh, on the week at 347 So definitely one that uh, is going to be volatile. It's going to be rocky right now. I don't know that I'm uh, I'm not in this one. I'm not really looking to get back in this one. It's uh, kind of a battleground stock right now, and I don't really know that I want to put my money there. So with that being said, I'm going to take a, a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some different stocks that uh, are trading near that yearly low that uh, do give you some dividends. And also we're going to, excuse me, also we're going to be looking at stocks for week eight of the investing challenge and really where we want to put this, uh, this next purchase into our investing challenge portfolio. And a uh, reminder, if you don't have a Webull account, go ahead and use my link. Uh, there are some great offers right now. I think uh, if you put in as little as a dollar, you get uh, 12 fractional shares free. You can get uh, rewarded up to $30,600, I believe it is right now. Uh, for simply opening account and putting in as little as a dollar, right? So the, the shares are randomly generated. No one knows what you're going to get, but uh, ultimately you do get 12 free fractional shares for simply opening an account and putting a dollar in. So if you are interested in getting a side account or getting a retirement account, whatever trading account, go ahead and uh, use my link, get started and uh, maybe follow along with the investing challenge. And uh, with that being said, I'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back on the podcast here. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, quite a, a list of different stocks that we're going to be looking at uh, this week. And uh, kind of a, a mix of stocks, a little bit of a grab bag, if you will. And um, we're really going to see where we go from here. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of things in the market that are pointing to some uncertainty. Uh, ultimately, a couple things that we're just not sure of right now. And um that kind of leads us to to really look for some safety in a lot of different names. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now. Um, some of them seem like smart plays to me, and I just want to get your guys' thoughts as to what we should be buying. So um, I guess for week seven, let's go ahead and get, a, get through that real quick. We've got uh, five different names for week seven on the Let It Grow Investing podcast, uh, Investing Challenge. And... Um, we had up number one was Eli Lilly. The ticker was LLY, and we were looking at them for a strong pipeline of drugs. Some uh, some different things that uh, were coming up in the Alzheimer's and dementia 
uh, pipeline of jugs for them. Uh, we were also looking at number two being General Dynamics. They had a strong earnings report and uh, just sold some uh, some more tanks to the Army and uh, as well as a lot of different uncertainty around the world. So I thought General Dynamics could be pretty decent stock for the, uh, the backdrop that we had and have a lot of defense spending going on. Uh, number three was Archer Daniels Midland, a uh, agriculture company that is really focused on that food space and uh, feed space for animals. And uh, I thought that one could be uh, a strong contender with a lot of the backdrop and higher prices in commodity food pricing and uh, just really a strong demand to have uh, a, a bigger stockpile on hand of, uh, you know, foods and goods that are going to be non-perishable. So I thought maybe ADM Archer Daniels Midland might be a good stock that could really weather the storm through a, a recession or a downturn. Uh, number four was Verizon. And, uh, you know, they got a nice, strong dividend yield. I believe it's in that 6% range. And, um, you know, I don't think that many people are going away from having a cell phone. I just don't see it. So uh, we might be cutting the cord in some uh, aspects of uh, cable TV, but I still think that uh, internet, Wi-Fi, things like that are still going to be strong for Verizon. A lot of different spending that is going on there. They're trying to upgrade uh, across the board. And uh, they had about a 16% upside coupled with uh, that six, where are we at right now? It's 6.5% quarterly dividend. So that was my thought there on uh, Verizon. Uh, number five, and uh, not my favorite stock of the week. We had Shopify and we added Shopify because we decided we were going to buy it this time last year. But ultimately, a lot of different things are pointing to Shopify not doing so hot right now. And uh, ultimately, I didn't really want to see anyone really go on a, on a whim and go and buy this one. And we will not be buying Shopify. That one did not get any love uh, for week seven. But what we will be buying is Verizon. And uh, smart, smart pick, guys. I like the six and a half percent dividend. I like the safety that uh, people aren't, you know, getting out of their cell phones. I still think that the the main core of the business is strong, and uh, ultimately they do have some uh, you know kind of a mix up going on over there with cord cutting on the cable TV side of things. But I do think that uh, this will remain a strong company for years to come. So we will be buying Verizon VZ two hundred dollars worth in the Let It Grow Investing Challenge uh, Weeble account. So I do want to take a quick look at the Weeble account. I know we have been really watching this one really fight to get out of the negatives after 22. And I am using the same account from 22. I'm just continuing to add to it for 2023, showing you what these regular weekly buys can really do for you. And right now, that uh, does not look like much, right? We did touch positive after this uh, this downbeaten year of 22. And uh, now we are down about 3.7%. So we have uh, moved back south but uh, I do think that we have a strong chance to turn this around by the end of the year. So that's why I continually look to dollar cost average into the market and uh, really try to find some new positions that could really uh, outperform for us going forward. So now when I was looking at stocks for week eight, um, you know, I had said that I was looking for some undervalued names. I was looking for some things that might make sense going forward. And it's a lot of the same kind of categories where I've been looking before. 
um, kind of revisiting some of them now that uh, we're, we're looking for a little bit more safety in our portfolio. So number one for the week is going to be Next Era Energy, and that ticker is NEE. So this is a utility and a, a electrical utility company. They are trading closer to their 52-week low at $75.20, and uh, that yearly low was set on May 12th of 22 at 67.22. So we're not too far off the bottom. You do get about a 2.3% dividend yield, but uh, we do have about 27.7% of upside on this name. So uh, again, I don't think people are getting out of their uh, their electric utilities, and you know we might have some uh, some solar power, but uh, there is an ever rising demand for more electric with EVs and a lot of other gadgets that we're plugging in on the regular. So I do think that Next Era Energy is in a strong spot. They are definitely looking to grow in uh, uh, renewable energy as well. So I definitely think that that is a uh, a good sign for them. Uh, I do want to take a look at uh, the dividend history on Next Era Energy. I guess I can pull that up on Reuters. I was going to go through the street.com, but uh, it's easier for me just to do it all on uh, on Reuters and go about it that way. So when I am looking at Next Era Energy, let's just go from the top and see what they've got here. Uh, really why I think that this one might be a solid buy. And uh, what I'm looking over here... What are we going to be seeing on the Reuters report? We are a buy rating. We do have a 97% return over the past five years, and that is unheard of for a utility company. Uh, we do have 30% of upside, uh, according to 15 different analysts on uh, Reuters. Annual revenue increasing 15% for 23 and another 22% revenue growth forecast for 2024. We've got dividend growth of 10% over the past year. So they are raising this dividend, which is a definitely nice thing to see on uh, a company that you're looking to get into for a dividend. Yes, it's not the largest dividend, but they are continuing to grow and they are continuing to raise these dividend payments. So we are at a 2.3% dividend yield. The payout ratio is a bit high at 81%. But uh, as a utility company, they are going to pay out a lot of their profits in the way of dividends. So that doesn't really scare me as much as, say, uh, having a, a high payout ratio on a company like Coca-Cola or AT&T. That's, uh, I mean, I, maybe not AT&T, but they do have a lot of debt. So, um, But when I'm looking at this, I am seeing large revenue growth over 22, about uh, 23%. We've got net margins of 20% on this one. So there's a lot of different things that I do like about uh, Next Era Energy. We are at a 1% discount on price to sales, not uh, anything to really write home about. It is at a 7.1, 10% discount on the trailing PE and 18% discount on that forward PE. Uh, some of their numbers are looking like they are trending below their five-year averages right now. And uh, I do think that uh, this could be a safe stock for us to buy going forward. So that is number one. That is Next Era Energy. And uh, number two uh, is actually going to be a competitor to the one that won this time last year. And this time last year, we were buying Walgreens Boots Alliance, WBA. Uh, but a lot of things on that Walgreens stock do not look so attractive to me right now. The, the yield is getting higher than I like it to be. Uh, the EPS, 
Uh, there's some varying different reports out there, but it looks like it's negative. There's some definite scariness out there on Walgreens for me. So I didn't really want to go with that one. So I went with another one that I, I think is also trading low, um, but there's a little bit more upside on this one, and that is CVS. So I'm looking at the CVS pharmacy play to to really think that, you know, the, the pharmacies are going to remain strong. We've still got a lot of demand in that uh, medicine pharmaceutical space. CVS is also looking to build out their urgent care more and more. Uh, so you got more people coming in to see uh, a physician or uh, a prescribing physician in the way of NPs or PAs. And uh, a lot of different things here on CVS that really don't look like they should be down this low. Uh, I'm looking at the Trefis price estimate, and they've got about 38% of upside compared to the the current price here. Their net debt is about 23%. Uh, and they're pretty diverse. Uh, retail pharmacy makes up about 35% of their business. Pharmacy services uh, makes up about 34%. Healthcare services about 30%. So it's pretty well spread out between the three main divisions of the company. And uh, when I'm looking over at Reuters, what are we seeing here? Still a buy rating. Uh, we've got about 28% of price target upside from them as well. Uh, so that goes along with what Trefis is saying. We've got uh, pretty positive earnings over the past uh, six quarters. The annual revenue does not look like it's going to be really moving up too much in 23 or 24. Pretty much a, a flat line, which is okay coming off of some of those COVID highs and all the demand that they've had over the past two years. It definitely had a pull forward. So now it seems like the stock is almost trading down on that pull forward effect that they did too good in uh, 21, 22, and now they are ultimately kind of trading sideways. They did have a 10% revenue growth over the past uh, year ending in December. The gross margins of 39%, net margins are low at 1.3%. So not all of it's making it to that bottom line. Uh, bottom line, they did go ahead and increase that dividend about 10% in uh, 22. Dividend payout is still a little bit high on this one at 71%, but it is trading towards uh, some of the lows. And uh, ultimately, I do think that they can get some of these different cost expenditures back in line and make more on that uh, that bottom line margin. Uh, we are trading at a price to sales of 0.4. So very low on that price to sales. That is a 6% discount where they normally trade. The trailing PE is high at 38.3. And uh, the forward PE is fairly low at a 10.3. So it's a 45% discount to the S&P 500. And uh, just some different things that I think uh, maybe CVS was kind of punished for that might not necessarily be their fault in the way of that stock price. Some of the other things, uh, you know, definitely we need to keep an eye on. But uh, that one is trading fairly low and you're getting a... Uh, what was the dividend yield on this one? I, th I think I already said it, but 2.7% dividend yield on CVS. And you've got a good amount of upside from uh, both different uh, price analysts that I follow, either the Trefis or Reuters. We've got a fair amount of upside on these uh, price targets as well. So that is NextEra Energy, CVS. And now for the third one, we have one that I already talked about pretty extensively in the beginning of this uh, episode, which was Google. And uh, Google, I, I don't really know what else I really need to say about it. I think it is trading far too low in my mind. And uh, when I'm looking over at uh, Reuters on this one, definite buy rating on this one, pretty close to a strong buy. Uh, we've got about 32% upside here. 
Uh, what we do get out of Google is rising revenue for 23 of 6%. We also get uh, rising revenue forecasted for 24 of 18.5%. We're looking at uh, some net margins, 21%. You're not going to get a dividend on this one, which is uh, is not great. But uh, I think this one has just been beaten too, too far down to really ignore at this point. And uh, I'm thinking that over the next week, this one might actually be falling where normally I put out a list of stocks and they tend to run up uh, before we actually get to buy them. I think that Google might continue to fall this week on some of this noise in the market that is uh, surrounding them right now. So 24% discount on that price to sales metric. It's a 2.1 right now. 34% discount on the trailing PE, 20.9. And the forward PE is at 18.5, which is a 28% discount. The price to, or the uh, peg ratio, 1.8. Their five-year average is a two. The S&P 500, friendly, friendly reminder, is also a two on that average uh, outlook. So we've talked about this. I still think that there's a lot of noise around Google right now. I do think that there is a good amount of upside uh, from any which analyst that you look at. And I think that they're kind of being punished on the kind of success of Microsoft right now. And there's a lot of fear in the market that Microsoft might... Uh, kind of run away with some business here. So that is definitely a fear, but uh, I do think that Google has uh, great prospects going forward. And I don't think they're just going to sit back and let the Google search really erode uh, rapidly. They're going to get this product right. And uh, ultimately, I, I know they've got to be working around the clock on this one also. But uh, number four, we already talked about this one too. And that name is PayPal. Uh, so PayPal, I, I still have the, a strong feeling that uh, a lot of the negativity is priced into this one. I think that this one has just been trading very sideways on the fact of uh, a lot of that problems that they had in uh, late 21 throughout 22. And that pull forward effect was very real on the growth stock that was PayPal. So um, I still think that this one with the, a strong Q4 earnings, a, uh, a decent outlook for going forward. And uh, a stronger than expected consumer, I think that this one can move up. So um, I think we already covered all this, but where is the uh, the price target here? We've got about 31% of price target uh, upside, uh, according to 43 different analysts. And uh, I'll just pull up the numbers again real quick, just as a refresher. 54% discount on the forward PE, 30% discount on trailing PE. And about 60% of discount on that price to sales metric with a peg ratio of 1.5 trading below their five-year average of a 1.9. So I'm still bullish on the fintech space. I know we've added um, not Verizon, Visa, and we've also been looking at MasterCard. Those are still some, some favorites of mine as well. But uh, I do think that PayPal has something to offer here and uh, that the PayPal and Venmo effect is definitely real. I've seen a lot of people... Um, you know, really trying to transact on those, even small businesses. I know the, the IRS has been looking at those, uh, trying to get the, the tax revenue from those exchanges. But ultimately, I do think that uh, everyone kind of already knows that. All that bad news is really baked in. And I think we've got some, some brighter seas, uh, brighter skies ahead of us, if you will. And uh, I think that it could really rebound here. So I'm, I'm getting more and more, more bullish on PayPal. And I'm really excited to see what you guys think about that one. And now the last one, I wanted to throw uh, an old guard stock in there that uh, has has been doing well. Uh, and that name is ExxonMobil. Uh, so like I said, this one really is a grab bag this week. This one uh, has been doing 
very well. It is at a yearly high of 119.63, but uh, that PE is still trading fairly low. It's only at a 9.7 times PE. Uh, it's making about $12.25 a share. You're also getting about a 3.2% dividend yield on this one. So um, some of the price targets kind of are varying here. The Trefis price target is down. Uh, it's saying it's a negative 7.5% from here. Uh, but when I went over to Reuters, you do have a little bit more upside from them. It is still rated a buy. You are getting the safety. Uh, you've got about 10% of upside from 24 analysts, according, according to Reuters. Um, you got five strong buys, 12 buy ratings, 11 hold and one sell rating. Uh, so these estimates are coming down as far as that forecasted forward revenue growth, 11% down in 23 and 4% down for 24. Uh, you are getting a, uh, a bit of dividend growth, 1.7%. That dividend payout is low at 27%. 14% net margins. They did make a, a boatload of cash in 22 with rising oil prices. And here's the thing that really kind of caught my eye. When you're looking at the trailing PE, it is only of, uh, at 8.6, which is a 52% discount to their five-year average. The forward is 10.7, which is a 44% discount to their five-year average. So you're still getting uh, a, a lower entry point, albeit uh, you know some of the revenues are declining. And you've also got um, a slowing need for oil right now due to the backdrop in the economy. But I still think that this one is trading low. The forward peg ratio is only a 0.4. It's a 0.4. They normally trade at a 1.8. So you're getting a lot of that forward growth uh, for not really paying for it at their normal markup as far as how the stock trades. So there's a lot of things here that I do like about Exxon. Um, you know, could it trade down in the short term, come off of some of these yearly highs? Sure. But the, some of the different metrics that it is trading at are low. So uh, I'm, I definitely like the stocks for this week. So uh, get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook and get your votes in for either NextEra Energy, CVS, Google, PayPal, or ExxonMobil. So that's what I got for you guys this week. I, I definitely appreciate any uh, you know comments and uh, critiques. And uh, please go over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get your votes in and let me know what you think about uh, this week's stocks. Uh, so that's what I got. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to uh, get off of here. I'll probably watch a little bit of Super Bowl later and check out what uh, what commercials are going to be on there and see what we can talk about here uh, on the next episode of Let It Grow Investing. So thanks for stopping by and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe and share to build a community of like minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.